Is this the reading room? Yes, I'm Saad Manzul. And I'm Travis Howard. This is Reading Room Talk. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome, 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 welcome. everyone. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for pressing play. And we have a dermatologist in the building. Part of the road specialties. Hello. We love, yes, we love talking to our remote specialties. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we have Dr. Life. Tola Oyesanya here with us. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, we're good, doing well. Good. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking yes. the time. Yes, thank you for making the time. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. No problem. No, we, we know you're we know you're world famous, so we're gonna start asking <laughs> you some questions. <laughs> and we can't wait to hear these answers. So my first question is. Take us back to medical school. Can you tell oh, me what your toughest class or rotation in medical school was? I had the toughest time during my OBGYN rotation in my third mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Not wow. uncommon. <laughs> not well, uncommon answer. <laughs> it's not an easy one. That's it's, for not, sure. it's not. It's not. What 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 made it difficult or what what was challenging? For me, for you? I I actually really wanted to go into OBGYN. Oh, yes. And maybe I was an eager medical student or Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it was just a little bit more challenging because I I tend to kind of put myself out there more. I'll speak up quickly. I may I may give my opinion even maybe when I I could have maybe held back and I Oh no, these are positive characteristics though. Sure. Eventually. I thought they were, but they were Eventually. Yes. by everybody. So there yeah, was yeah. one resident who I was working closely with. No um, shout out. And the resident was a male. Remember, OBGYN is female dominant, you'd say. Mm-hmm. Right? Of the course, of course. Had, you know, he was blonde. He looked like a Ken doll, if you ask me. Okay. <laughs> He was pretty boy. Right. And I was working with him and I I had an opinion about like a, a patient who was she was experiencing like hot flashes and in relation to menopause. And I had been reading because I was a studier back then. I used to study all the time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I read about a supplement called black cohosh that could help with night flashes and or I should say hot flashes. And mm-hmm. I brought it up to my resident as I was about to present to the attendant. He was like no, I would definitely never use that. And I'm like, well, it's in this review book, so. Yep. <laughs> so I presented the attending, and I said, well, what about Black Cohosh? And the attending liked it, suggested mm-hmm. it to the patient. That ended up being the plan. Mm-hmm. But from then on, the resident was like, you deliberately disobeyed me, you know? Ego time. <laughs> Ego time. Yep. I hate that. Right. I hate so. That. From then on, he just had it out for me, just like uh, was kind of limiting my experiences, like wouldn't let me catch a baby, which is always what the medical students want to do because absolutely the of first course. thing they want to do is you know deliver a baby in OBGYN. And so the whole rotation, I was never able to deliver a baby. That's crazy. Yeah. And That's then crazy. all of the residents thought that like they just seemed to like kind of approach me with caution. Oh, I heard about you. And then at the final end of the rotation, um, we were asked to select people who we thought could fairly evaluate us. And you'd have to select, mm-hmm. you know, three, three attendings and residents. Why, mm-hmm. did this, why did this resident go out of his way to evaluate me despite not being asked? 
Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, they, wow. they could do that. Okay, a couple yeah. of things. You mm-hmm. can select who you wanted to evaluate you at that time. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's because great. that's because then you you don't want to select someone who you have no interaction with who can't absolutely. Yeah. So I thought Or that, so you don't have to pick Kendall. Like that's the whole exactly. point. Exactly. And then he went and wrote me a very negative evaluation. This oh. this medical student oversteps the boundary of a medical wow. student. She is overconfident and like all these things. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so happy you had the strength to, to push that aside because one thing that I think is lacking a lot of times for medical students is that confidence, mm-hmm. that confidence yeah. to speak up. And I mean, I think now medical students are, are feeling more comfortable to do so. I think there's mm-hmm. a, a, a shift, um, if you will. But, and, you know, and, and a, a negative evaluation that affects your grade when you're just trying to succeed mm-hmm. that's claiming you're too confident. I mean, that, that could be very that's damaging. Mm-hmm. I, that's the one thing I hated about medical school was that subjectivity very and, so and, and a clash in ego can mm-hmm. really just affect your, your success. Absolutely. And, exactly. um, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. It is a real challenge. And I think that at medical change that, but man, mm-hmm. do I tell you that, that thing, it, I had a similar experience too. So, I, I feel your pain. That's crazy. And, and this was a rotation you wanted to potentially was, go into residency. It was. And so I I definitely was disheartened. Um, mm-hmm. I And I saw another uh, colleague of mine at that time doing the same thing as me, succeeding, doing it. She was blonde. Okay? Like, yes. <laughs> like, so yes, she ended please. up going into OBGYN, you know? And that's fine. Because I'm I, at, at the end of the day, I'm glad this happened. Okay. Because mm-hmm. it pushed me away from OBGYN. I explored mm-hmm. other fields. Here I am in Durham. I, yep. I'm much happier in Durham. You know, exactly. I, for, for many reasons, I could say a few. One of them is probably lifestyle. You know, like I of course. sleep in hospitals. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm done <laughs> at 5 p.m. And I can leave my work at home unless I'm on call, which still I leave my work, <laughs> you know, somewhere. Exactly. If I can. And so. Um, That's so interesting. Now, where did you go to medical school? Michigan. That's so interesting because like, you know, Michigan is, uh, you know, we've been talking about some of the uh, predominantly, you know, white institutions that are like kind of like HBCUs. I feel like Michigan is kind of like a HBCU where like you can feel like, you know, like there's a, enough African-Americans. That there was where... not my experience. So I definitely had you know, people I could rely on. I had out of I'd say out of 170 students, we had 14 African-American or African students, which is decent but it's less than 10 percent it's still less than 10 percent exactly yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. so we actually were close knit with the group ahead of us because um you know one year ahead of us, still you know still within <laughs> and one and two, we were very close knit with them i still remain close with those those kids yeah today. and um it's hard you have to stick together i i think i i did a good job of still like interacting with everybody but mm-hmm. definitely have struggles that are are specific it's unique Ooh. yeah no those are those are those are unique struggles absolutely and um you you know you have to overcome those to like you know make it and you made it big time so take us uh take us back 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 so where where did you grow up where is your family from tell us a little bit about your background sure so i grew up in milwaukee wisconsin i was born in the u.s but my parents immigrated here from nigeria in mm-hmm. 1985 and my dad 
is also a physician. So he was family medicine um, mm -hmm. in the Midwest. He was trained in Nigeria. As you may know, when you come from another country and you are a medical doctor, they basically make you repeat your training here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. My and, dad uh, always tells these terrible stories of the struggles he had, you know, having to sit for what they call the flex exam back in the 80s and 90s. Yep. And oh, yes. uh, having to, you know, try to match a residency program, you know, try, you know, there were, he tells me stories about entrenched racism in the 80s and the 70s and 80s that he absolutely. had to try to fight through. Um, in fact, he never finished his residency. He worked as a general practitioner, which you could have, you can do. You can kind of do general medicine. Um, oh, that's interesting. Program. And he did that. Oh, wow. That and this is with many. a flex exam. Wow. Yeah, he uh... passed his flex. And so in uh -huh. Wisconsin, you can, as long as you pass your license, sorry, as long as you pass your flex exam, you can practice. Mm -hmm. And so he did that. And he had his own practice for at least 20 years. And he retired wow. when I was in medical school. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And he, he didn't let it stop him, which is no. uh, great. Now, do you feel like you kind of got that, you know, go get it from him? Or do I you feel do. like that was just kind of? No, I definitely take after my dad in, in uh, perseverance, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> putting yourself mm -hmm. out there, that kind of energy. Um, yes. And go for an answer. Um, I, that was all demonstrated with my parents, for sure. My mom, uh, she was a social worker when she came to this country, and she retrained mm -hmm. to become a nurse. And that was how they stayed in the country. My dad was here um, yeah. on a student visa, and then my mm -hmm. mom was able to get a green card because she was a nurse, and nurses were in shortage at that time. That's the hustle. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. That's how you got to do it. That's amazing. So uh, I was going to say, I feel like uh, you matching into Durham was probably easier than your dad matching into family medicine. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <maybe laughs> those, those I mean, challenging. <laughs> the stories are it's tough. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Uh, no, he would. So it's funny, though. I wanted to take after my dad's footsteps and Mm -hmm. He was very encouraging of me going into a specialty. And I think okay. that's because okay. he became very burned out um, mm. as a family practice staff. But I think, you know, that was still, he practiced mostly in the 90s when there weren't hospitalists, when there gotcha. wasn't support. You know, if he was, you know, taking care of a patient who was admitted to the hospital and it was one of his patients, he was going to the hospital to go around on them, which that oh, does yeah. not exist now, really, because mm -hmm. we have hospitalists to support. That kind yeah, of the groups are so, different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like you'd have to basically back in the day, you'd have to be in clinic all day. And then after clinic, you have to go visit your patients that are in the hospital as well. So that's that uh, nonstop. That's work. tough. So that's my I definitely work. worked seven days a week growing up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I remember wow. him writing notes on on Sundays, you know, oh because always working. So committed. Wow. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy. Now, like, so you grew up in Milwaukee. Now, did you end up in Milwaukee for undergrad as well? Or did you? So I uh, went to Wisconsin, leave? Madison, like Badger. Mm, yeah. Badger. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I followed my, my brother was there. He was uh, in pharmacy school. So I was like, nice. oh, it makes sense. I'll do the same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my sister, younger than me, she did the same. We were all in Wisconsin at one point. And so gotcha. uh, my brother's a pharmacist now. He's still in Wisconsin. My mm -hmm. sister is, uh, she went to nursing school. And then she actually pursued a PhD. So she does nursing research. And so oh, she does cool. a PhD and she uh, works with post 
postdoctorate students at Duke. And so everyone oh, wow. is kind of in the medical field. Oh, yes. your parents must be so proud. Yes. They are. They are. And, they, and the funny thing is they didn't push it. Mm-hmm. They, it just kind of happened. Yeah. Sure. No, that's They must have made it look good, you know? <laughs> they made it look good. <laughs> <laughs> they made it look they good. <laughs> exactly exactly oh that's so nice so um so tell us how was the experience you know trying to go from you know wisconsin from you know undergrad to uh, med school how was your application process and how did that uh work out for you that was a challenge for sure so i i was a bit of a nerd in college i studied i studied i studied i studied more and more and too much probably if i look back on it <laughs> but i had some friends who were doing the same thing so we kind of all supported each other mm-hmm. you know we would have study study groups in the library we're staying there till late at night you know support each other through big exams and so yeah. i found like whenever i was preparing for like, you know, these the MCAT and step one, step two, and all those things to always study in a group. Yeah, and that so helps cool. to keep the motivation going um, when you're, when you want to quit. You know, people yes. do yeah. And yeah. so I still talk to the, um, those friends today and, you know, we're all, we all went to medical school. We all finished and are now attendings. And so um, that was supportive. <laughs> I did a summer program at the University of Chicago, which I credit with the only reason I'm in medical school now, because now, which program was that? It was called P. Somer, mm, and okay, it was okay. a research program um, f- focused for uh, underrepresented minorities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was a great opportunity to have a research experience, and I hadn't previously had a significant one. I did some research in college, but it wasn't like a really mm-hmm. meaningful experience. And then we had the opportunity to be mentored. And so my mentor was Dr. Bill McDade. Nice, shout out. And he was the Dean of Diversity at UChicago. And if not for that man, I would not have applied to medical school. Oh, wow. Oh, what, wow. Did, what, did he, what did he do for you on, on the, uh, in the process? So I had taken the MCAT and I had not scored very highly. It was, you know, I think, you know, the scoring has totally changed. So it's yeah. hard to compare. But mm-hmm. it was not comparable to my GPA, which was very strong. Mm-hmm. So I was discouraged. And, and Bill McDay told me to, to take the MCAT again. Mm-hmm. But I could not like, bring myself to do it. <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, you can just apply and see what happens. But then mm-hmm. the next hurdle for me was the personal statement. Mm. And I, yes. I could not put pen to paper to write something meaningful for this personal statement i could not do it and i was like not going to apply i told uh-huh. myself uh oh, you know maybe it's not for me maybe i'll just apply to pharmacy school like my brother and i was mm-hmm. just very discouraged in finding other alternatives that really wasn't what i wanted to do but it was just like uh so why did you feel discouraged were you like were you given like information that wasn't correct or did you just feel like it was more like i had like a so i had a strong gpa but my my mcat i was just feeling like i wasn't going to to uh be accepted to medical school anyway mm. so then mm-hmm. with that information i was like oh this this person's name is just another hurdle i can't do it that's but, not uncommon i think yeah. like a lot of that happens to a lot of people because you know the MCAT's a standardized test and um you know when whenever you're applying and you read online and you like pop on like studentdoctor.net they're like oh if you don't get like a 40 don't even try you know right, like it's right, like right, right. And that, that, that's not correct. Like, you need to give yourself a shot. Like, especially if you put in three or four years of, like, very hard undergrad work and have a very high GPA and you've done all the extracurriculars, you should give yourself a chance. You know, sure. make, make them say no. Absolutely. Like, don't say no to yourself. 
because you're, you're more than a test score. And exactly. that concept alone, like I had no no idea that that you know that, that sort of mentality. Like you're you're a whole person. You are <laughs> more than a GPA. You are <laughs> more than a test score. Yes. Applicate like if a medical school is you know you're just if if you fit and they're and they're and, and what they want and what they need, you should definitely put yourself out there. Yep. Absolutely, and experience is priceless. Even if you don't get in, like the information that you get from that experience of just applying and like getting the information and getting like you know feedback, like that's actual feedback, not like you know, random online information. So I, I would, I'd always say just give yourself a shot. Absolutely. Just always give yourself a shot. So Absolutely. But please continue. Sorry. No, no. So, <laughs> so I was explaining this to Dr. McGade and he said, listen, I'm on call. So I'm, I'm just waiting for cases. Why don't you come up to the call room and we'll, we'll work this out. So, wow. so basically I talked and this man wrote, he wrote notes about what I said. Oh, wow. and, that's amazing! And I spent some hours there, and like, and we had a rough draft. We had like, we had a start, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I took that, I worked with it, and then I had a personal statement. And without wow. that, I would never have started. Yeah, now you started the process. That's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. And so wow. went with that, um, and then then it came town down to actually putting the application in where should I apply I talked to Dr. McGay again he's like I had selected some schools he's like Harvard's not on your list Hopkins not on your list where's Columbia uh-huh. you know and I was like well Dr. McGay I don't think I'll get into those schools he's like you better let them tell you no yes. <laughs> I love it you know yes 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 and so I still didn't listen to this man. I should have, but I, the energy, <laughs> the energy that he gave me, gave me like that, that mojo to like, I can do this. Yeah, and so yeah, well, yeah. I applied to several schools. I, I ended up getting, here I am getting interviews, getting interviews. I, and then the next hurdle for me was the secondary applications where they ask you for more and more essays. Mm-hmm. I was growing fatigued again. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had some friends who were also applying, so we would share drafts and like kind of compare ideas and things to talk about or write about. Mm-hmm, I, had yeah. a, I had a mentor who was a, I was a psychology major. She was my psychology mentor. She mm-hmm. also, again, helped me kind of put some pens to paper, like, what about this idea? What about that? Can you go with this? Mm-hmm. And that also encouraged me to finish my secondaries. And funny enough, I never finished my application to Michigan. Oh, really? I never finished it. They gave me they gave me an automatic interview. Oh wow. And okay. had, had it not been for this automatic interview I got from Michigan, I would mm-hmm. my story probably would be different. But it's like wow. you know, the you know, just kind of putting yourself out there, you put an application in, they see it, they review part mm-hmm. of it. So I wouldn't know way to do it, but <laughs> Yeah. I'm also here the importance of mentorship. Yeah. Yes. So just, yes, yes, yes. How did you get in touch with this? with this mentor, this physician, you had applied for that research program. Is that, is that. So the research program I applied to, he was directing the research program and he would, there were 10 of us. He would sit down, uh, you know, a couple times a week and talk about aspects of, you know, medical school aspects of, of research. And so that was, that's that's amazing. Unique opportunity for sure. I know that's amazing because I did the same program at University of Chicago. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> Back oh in 2002. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I know exactly 
who you're talking about. I mean, this is a great program. You know, like it's it's you, you just get this information and you're there with a, like a cohort of people who are like interested in doing the same thing that you're doing. And it's just it's just positive. It's just vibes, it's just positive vibes. And people are going to try their best and just, you know, just give you each other confidence. And, and, you know, I felt the same way when I did that program, I remember. So um, what's funny for, for, for me, I'm not sure if your program had people who are like not in medicine or not applying to like hard sciences. We had some people who were like trying to go into like law and some other stuff. Um, like that's how they did it for my year. But like, you could just definitely tell the people were doing like, you know, literature or something else. Like they would just be sitting on the couch all day doing nothing. And then like the, <laughs> the, the, the medicine people would have to like actually go in and do research and do yeah, lab research. And like, yeah, it was, it was funny. Like we'd be, we'd be coming home at like six and then like the other people were like, yeah, I didn't even go into it. Still in their pajamas. It's like, that's how it goes definitely though. what you make of it, right? Like yeah, exactly. Less or you can do more. I was mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. middle. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The funny thing is, it's a marathon. I think for me, I burned out a little bit too much in um, in undergrad and, and med school studying really intensely. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have taken a little bit more time for me, a little mm-hmm. bit more time to like relax and like do other things because then I got yeah. to residency and I was just tired. And I was just like, so what do I need to do to finish? <laughs> <laughs> and I, it, sounds and like I you, it sounds like you didn't take any time off, right? Like you were no, kind of went straight, straight through. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. So straight through. Uh, you know, I, I did straight through as well. And that's probably why I ended up in radiology. Just <laughs> exactly. I was like, I need, I need to chill just for a second. Catch <laughs> <laughs> your breath. And, you exactly. know, we make light of this, but actually our fields are quite difficult. Yeah, no, no, they, they are. Like, no, no, they, they definitely are. No, definitely yeah, are. I think, I think physically, maybe not as demanding as like other things, but definitely mentally. Like, you can definitely feel like mentally strained after like a, a long day in clinic and absolutely, you know, reviewing path and doing surgery. You know, like you could definitely feel that way. But right. you know, like you still like so. So tell us, like, when you were at Michigan, how did you get interested in Durham? Other than like Kendall saying you should not do OB. <laughs> so it's funny. Um, people around me just kept saying, you should do a derm rotation. Like friends mm-hmm. of mine. Like a, mm-hmm. a, a girlfriend of mine who was a year ahead of me said, you should really look into derm. My boyfriend at the time was like, derm, you might be, you might be derm. So I did the rotation <laughs> fourth year. And I did it right after my peed sub-eye, which is, you know, kind of intense. I remember working long hours. Oh, yeah. The kids. Yes. yes and yes, then yes. dermatology was a different kind of intense because it was fast paced. Like they would schedule 60 patients in the morning or something. And they would have like eight residents mm. and four attendings. And everyone's running around just doing things and seeing people. And, and yeah. it was, and then, and then you would see in the grand rounds, and they would say all these names of diseases you've never heard of with multiple different words, and and mm. it's information overload. It sure. really is. It really sure. is. Um, I did not like it at first. I will say that I did why, why not? It seemed like I said overwhelming, and then uh-huh. there weren't any patients of color that much. Like the the few mm-hmm. that there were there, they just didn't. I, I didn't feel like they were really attended to me in a meaningful, meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay. So then when I went to do another rotation at Henry Ford in Detroit, which is mm-hmm. a predominantly black um, mm-hmm. hospital, yeah, I saw patients who were suffering from all kinds of skin disorders, namely vitiligo. They have a vitiligo center there. Wow. Which, okay. which I would say doesn't predominantly affect black people, but when it does, it is striking because 
the, sure. mm-hmm. the distinction between the pigment of your normal skin and something that's completely lost its pigment, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. is very, very obvious and can you make can see, people yeah. can make people sort of stigmatize other people. You know, Absolutely. you'll you'll see that those patients sometimes are treated like lepers, like don't touch me or something. Yeah, yeah, so that's exactly right. I went to um, I went to a support group for vid- patients with vitiligo, and these patients were giving testimony like they were in church. Mm. And I I was very moved by that, and I wanted to be part of the team that helped them. So I got involved. I was doing research on vitiligo. I ended up writing a book chapter on the quality of life and patients with vitiligo. And just it went from there. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. This was like um So you were able to I was just gonna say you were able to do a, an away rotation at Henry Ford. Yes. And and that you know, sometimes it's it's so useful to get out and see a different setting and see a different patient population. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember thinking, feeling the same way in interventional radiology during my training, like you know, at some point, I know the impact of a patient having an African American physician, or at mm-hmm. least I, I can I can guess what the impact would be. And you want that, you know, when you go into it, have that encounter because I, you know I think for a lot of us that's the drive, right, to right. to make a difference and, and help decrease that gap in desperate care. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that makes sense. And like also I just. I was going to say, I feel like just the, uh, you know, when a, you know, when a patient has like, you know, a need for like a super subspecialist like yourselves, and then you walk in and you're African-American just like them. I mean, that, that sense of like, you know, comfort and relief is just, uh, you know, it's just uh, priceless. So, I mean, the fact that you, you know, you guys chose to do these type of things is so important. So important. So you definitely feel that from your patients on a daily basis. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. just just tickled to see that see that you're you right? know, <laughs> that you look <laughs> you know, so, so true tickled. Yes. Exactly, you get, you exactly. get a, oh, oh oh you're the yes. doctor. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's that's that feeling's priceless. That feeling is absolutely priceless. So I was gonna say, like, so you basically um applied for Derm and kinda ended up in uh you know, the original Detroit, Baltimore. I know. I know. And it, I didn't think of it that way, but you know, <laughs> I got I got so enthralled by Hopkins. You yeah. Know, I went I went to the uh, interview. I was so excited. Another thing, the chief resident was black. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Hello. <laughs> I've I've arrived, you know, like, <laughs> you know." And oh, then, yeah. so good. In dermatology, it is not common to see black physicians. And so to mm-hmm. see that we had a chief resident was black, um, there was also at the time an, another black uh, attending there as well, and mm-hmm. then the chair was Asian. But you know, in dermatology, uh, we think about skin of color. You know, that includes Asians, Indians, uh-huh. Hispanic mm-hmm. people. Like it's very broad. You know, to mm-hmm. see that they have a really big emphasis on diversity and and the care of diverse patients, and then and then Baltimore is seventy percent black. There you yep. go. So yeah. you know, I was just like, this is it. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And I did, were you considering any other programs for Durham or were you just, once you were at Hopkins, you were like, once okay. I saw Hopkins, I was most excited about that. And then, um, you know, in Durham, you kind of try to, you try to get in where you can fit in. It is, yeah. it is tough mm-hmm. to match. And so um, I thought about Absolutely. Michigan. Um, at the time I was considering New York as well or Texas, but um, Hopkins was my first choice and I ended up working out and I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. here seven years later. 
<laughs> so yeah. rank, to rank uh rank a program one in Durham and get into it that's uh that's amazing so yes. it was tell us about yeah, tell us about your experience yeah like how was how was it there at Hopkins like how did you like the training did you um yeah, what did you like? What did you not like about it? What would you recommend for people who are interested I in I had Durham? a great experience at Hopkins. I honestly mm-hmm. had amazing mentors. Um, mm-hmm. We had great experience in really getting to see skin disease in every, every type of skin, which is super important because it looks different. Mm-hmm. Psoriasis mm-hmm. in black skin looks very different than in white skin. Same with rosacea. I could go on and on. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to be able to really physically see it and have trained and know exactly what to look for is priceless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd say that not every dermatologist has that. If you train in Iowa, you're not going to get that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, yeah, so, no, that makes sense. So that is, you know, priceless. And I have that benefit still that I use all the time and in, in, in working now. Um, amazing mentors I still call on even just yesterday. <laughs> Oh, we have to we have to hear their names. Who who are who are these people? Who are your mentors that we can uh, shout so, out here? So, Dr. Crystal Agu is one of my amazing mentors. Dr. Janetta Koye, shout out. Dr. Annie Grossberg, program mm. director extraordinaire, who Very I think nice. retired from her role, but she was amazing when she is, was in it, and she is still there now. Um, I called Shout Dr. Out. Ron Swearing yesterday about a patient, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I'm so grateful to have this, this tribe, honestly. Yeah. And, and then also my amazing co-residents that I trained with, we mm-hmm. were so close knit, we still are. And so those people got me through. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so tell us, uh, yes, tell us a little bit about what you do on a day to day and what you love about it. Because mm-hmm. uh, there, there are many things you can do within Dern, and I just, you know, do you have a niche? Do you have something that you particularly love? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I am, I'm strictly medical dermatology at Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the opportunity to do cosmetics right now. It may come, but you know that we always are focusing on trying to make sure we have good access for our patients who need help with their rashes, with their skin cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a wide gamut of patients. I see children, even as young as a few weeks old, up to elderly patients, 97 this week. Wow. So wow. that's beautiful. It's <laughs> kind of like it's kind of like family medicine, but just dermatology. <laughs> it's yeah. And I enjoy, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll see entire families. I'll see parents for skin checks. I'll mm-hmm. see, you know, their, their children for acne or eczema or something like that. It ends up being, I've seen literally everybody in their family throughout the years and so it's a good experience for sure um i'd say specialty wise it's it's kind of funny how a specialty might choose you because you just see more and more of it i Mm -hmm. ended up seeing a lot of patients with hair loss i ended up seeing a lot of patients with pigmentary concerns for example Mm -hmm. hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. um, melasma those kinds of things Mm -hmm. um i see a lot of hydranitis which is kind of like boils within Mm -hmm. the skin folds Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I see a ton of acne. I have a lot of patients I treat with Accutane. Mm-hmm. Um, and Very then cool. also do, I call it complex medical derm. That means patients who sometimes need um, systemic, systemic medications to treat their skin conditions. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so those patients require close follow-up. And so um, I mainly do medical dermatology. So not so much procedural dermatology, although there's room for it if you want to, mm-hmm. um, to do, you know, 
surgeries for your patients who have cysts or skin cancers that need to be cut out. Um, my my time is a little bit more restricted. Not that I can't do it, but it's it's uh, it's tight scheduling, and so um, not as much of that, but more medical dermatology, which I really enjoy quite a bit. I love just talking to my patients. I'm a bit of a Kathy, and so I like I like connecting. <laughs> I like seeing a patient like over and over again. Like I have patients I've been seeing since I started at Kaiser and I see them, you know, very regularly. Um, oh, that's so cool. And, and that's yeah. just like, you know, being like, how is your granddaughter? You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy that personal connection with patients and that might come from my dad because he's family medicine too. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sure your parents or your, your, your patients love that time that you take with them, you know, just Absolutely. to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both enjoy it. I tell you, because it gets me through the day too. Because if it's just just the medicine part, that gets a little bit rote. It gets a little bit, you know, you. repetitive. We've we've been through that. We can do that in our sleep because mm-hmm. of sheer volume. But like the, it's the personal touch that makes no, it. That's- that's important. Uh, it's like it's, it seems like you've coupled, you know, you coupled like just having good conversations with doing medicine, which is, you know, it's a, it's a way to happiness. So that's it. Sounds like you're very happy doing what you're doing. So that that's great to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So toughest thing you've encountered, you overcame, Tola, and how did you do it on this journey? Hmm. Hmm. I think for me, it's the interpersonal relationships, especially during training. Because I think that subjectivity can play a big role, um, but you have to kind of move past that and not let it define you because not everybody will like you. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. And you can just, you can really let yourself be held down by that mm-hmm. if you let so it. True. But you have to try to push past that, be yourself, be true to who you are and, and keep moving through. That's yeah. so true. Don't let the system mold you. You help, no. you try and you try and mold the system as best you can. If even if it's in a small increment, you know. Um, exactly. And exactly. I think when you're up against curriculums, grades, succeeding, you know, you, you can you could lose yourself on the journey. But um, I, I want to give you so much props for just staying true to who you are. It sounds like even though. Um, Ken Doll tried to hold you back. You, <laughs> you let him have it. And you kept going. I mean, exactly. That's, that's all. That's his intimidation, right? Um, yeah, that's, so, that's exactly yeah. right. That's his insecurities. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. correct. So, right. well, we'll let you get out of here on this one. This will be our last question. So, what would you tell a someone in undergrad or a medical students having a tough time? What would you tell them? The most important thing you can do is find a mentor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And multiple right. mentors, too. Yeah. Yeah. Get different yes. perspectives. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you, I've had mentors who were not helpful. I've had mentors who sometimes, you know, offer a perspective that you may not agree with or may not fit for you. Mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. But, like, but then when you get, you know, multiple different opinions or different perspectives, and not everyone has to be in medicine. I've had extremely helpful mentors who were in other fields. You oh, know? that's very cool. So that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's exactly open. right. People who yeah. don't look like you, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, different perspectives. You know, that's exactly what you need. So, mm-hmm. well, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. And uh, we're going to have you back because we have a lot more questions for you. But we really oh, yeah. appreciate you making the time for us. Of and, course, uh, this was great. 
No, thank you. And thank, thank you for you, everyone for listening. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. Until next time, stay low and keep firing. Fire.